Hey, Rockheads, it's time again for NDC, an incredible developer conference held annually in Oslo, Norway. Richard and I will both be there, of course, but check out this all-star lineup. Troy Hunt, Rob Eisenberg, Scott Allen, Oren Eni, Michelle Bustamante, Damian Edwards, Brock Allen, Dominic Beyer, and many more. Register before March 11th at ndc-oslo.com and save up to $350. That's 3,000 kroner for you Norwegians. NDC, we'll see you there. .NET Rocks, episode 1257, with guest Dan North. Recorded Friday, January 15th, 2016. Hey, guess what? It's .NET Rocks. This is the last show being recorded at NDC London. This is Carl Franklin. And, and this is Richard Campbell. And uh, you tell it's sort of end of conference. People are uh, packing up and goofing off. And not so much ambient chatter. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe tables being thrown around. and We never know what's going to happen. You never know what will roll by. This is what, you know, the, you know, you've seen the Antiques Roadshow? Yeah. This is like the end credits, yeah. you know, when they're packing up. That's yeah. what happens. That's here. what's happened. Anyway, Dan North is here. We're going to be talking to him in just a, just a couple of seconds. But first, we have a little business to take care of. First of all, it's Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, dude, what do you got? I have something I don't know how to pronounce. Oh, awesome. Like most product names these days. <laughs> they just get weirder and weirder with time. You might know about this. It's Zub or Zube. Z-U-B-E dot I-O. Heard of it, Dan? Zube, like lube I or suppose. tube. I have no idea. Yeah, but you know, the thing about these product names is they could be spelled, you know. Lube. It's like Chardet, you know. Lube. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's one thing Zube. how it's spelled. It's another how it's pronounced. Like exactly. What, what pretentious version of this would you like to take? Right. Today? So I'll just pick Zube. Zube. So Zube dot I-O. It's a project management tool for software development teams using GitHub. Oh, Zubeo. Zubeo? Is that how you say it? <laughs> I think he's just making you stuff You messing up. with me, Dan North. Back. Get back. <laughs> Your part comes later. Uh, Speak so it, not to me. It features a Kanban scrum board that's designed for developers and a ticketing system for the entire team. Real-time data synchronization with GitHub issues. You can organize your GitHub issues on a Zub board, Zubeo board, <laughs> and assign tasks to team members by dragging cards into their row. You can close issues by dragging them into the done column. So looking at the pricing, it's free for startups, up to five users, unlimited boards, and standard support. And then there's a $5 per user per month, the standard model, uh, six-plus users, free trial. But this is the interesting thing. For open source projects... Yeah. Totally free. Nice. Unlimited users, unlimited boards, standard support. That's cool. How about that? So check it out. That's at zoob.io. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing about that. Zube. Zube. Zubeo. Oh. Ah. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. Dan brought a bottle of scotch, and while we didn't open it because we have to get on a plane tomorrow, right. and they don't allow open bottles of booze, nope. we do have a... Another bottle of scotch that was already open. Another bottle of scotch, and Tibby Kovach is here. He's not mic'd up, and that's probably a good thing. Yep. But uh, he always brings scotch. That is not the bottle that he no, brought last night. That's another night. bottle. We that's finished that bottle. That's another bottle. <laughs> so uh, we're just... 
admitting all if sorts of... If you're having of, trouble keeping track of how many bottles of scotch, welcome to our world. Yeah, a bit of lushery yes. will ensue. Just in case anyone was under the impression that this is simply a show where a couple of guys get to goof off and drink whiskey, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, somehow I don't mind that, yeah, Chris. No, I'm not happy with that definition <laughs> yeah, at all. Quite well, all right. I, I, I'm surprised you take that as criticism. I mean, <laughs> I'm in all of your business model. <laughs> Some, yeah. How do I do that? <laughs> Give me more of that. How can that be my day job? <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, Richard, who's talking to us? Grab the comment off of show 1181, the one we did with Eileen Fisher when we talked about oh, yeah. talking to decision makers. Right. And uh, I grabbed a really cynical comment, but I think it's, uh, it's interesting to think about this. This is from Barrett, who says, uh, having worked in corporate and government IT, both as an employee and as an outside developer contractor, it's been my experience that the business decision makers in these environments don't care one bit about long-term savings. I've worked for and with two different banks, one regional and one multinational, two major insurance companies, state government, and multiple consulting firms. Mm. Not once in all those years did any of them accept a plan or proposal from IT or the consulting side that essentially stated, spend a little more now and you'll save a bunch in the long term. Mm. They don't care about next year's budget. They don't even care about next quarter's budget. Time and again, their one and only concern was getting the current project done in the quickest amount of time for the lowest cost. It wasn't until I left big business and joined a small team that I was able to get business decision makers to listen to such suggestions. Hmm. While the goals of this discussion are admirable, in big business it seems that typically it's a futile gesture to try and implement common sense. Hmm. Well, so what do you think he's really trying to say? I don't, I don't hold back, Barrett. Tell us how you really feel. Well, you can't den- deny his experiences, mm-hmm. you know. But I think the size of the business, the position of the business, I mean, these are all rel- relevant things. I-, I think there's also another angle on this that says, if you can't build some candy into what that decision maker really needs, what they're currently metriced on. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to presume idiocy on anybody's case. Yeah. Right? That, that will be revealed in its own time. Right? If the only thing this guy's measured on is this quarter's results, why would he worry about anything else? That's right. It's right? how he's incentivized. How, in is he incentivized business. well? Right. You know, that, he, that actually be incentivized to the long-term success of the business. That's right. You know, I think I, that's, that, that's an element, and I think there the idiocy is in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is your kind of shareholder quarterly rolling thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think another part of it is that as technologists, we're really bad generally at having those conversations. Yes. So the, you know, spend a bit more now and save in the future is, is your classic jam tomorrow. Yeah. Right? I, I have no certainty of that. I have no assurance of that. And, you know, with respect, you guys have been saying this for 40 years and you've yet to be right. Mm-hmm. And, and so... And, and really, the guy just didn't say that to you because he's being polite. He's being doesn't polite. want to anger yeah. you, you know. Watching out for He doesn't believe you. Everyone's trying to help, right? Yeah. So, so I think we can do ourselves a lot of favors learning to... My, my favorite Swedish phrase, when you're talking to farmers, use farmer's words. Right. Mm. Right. If, mm. if you're speaking to business people and you talk about risk and you talk about return on capital and you talk about um, risk adjusted and, and value other at risk and those kind of things. that you and, won't understand. Well, and, and this is the thing is go and understand them because they yeah. all have a meaning. It's just us IT folks, we, we do think they're empty, hand wavy things. Sure. And then w- when you can take that language to the business, you've suddenly got a conversation. Sure. My favorite Polish phrase is... Not my circus, not my monkey. <laughs> I love that. Okay, I am now going to take the challenge of working that into my next talk. 
I'm going to be saying that for the rest of the night now. Yep. Not, my not, circus, my not my circus. Not my monkey. Not my monkey. <laughs> yeah. Your monkey, not mine. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you, Dan. Yeah. Back at you. Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling thoroughly... Actually, I'm feeling slightly frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is day three, end of day three of NDC. Mm-hmm. And NDC London. And NDC London for me is a local gig. Mm-hmm. So I, I live in the Burbs. Yeah. Do you go home which, at night? I go home at night. Well, which, which frustratingly means I've had day job the last two days. This is the only day I've been at the conference. Ah, right, right. Of course. And the lineup has been fantastic, and the speakers are fantastic, and there's a bunch of people here I wanted to see and hang out with you guys. And, and so I was here today doing two talks and a couple of interviews and things. And so, yeah, it's, it's slightly frustrating. But, like, talk about first world problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First worldiest first world <laughs> problems. Well, Dan, Dan, let me give you a formal introduction here. Uh, but I think you need to finish the, oh, geez. the comment. Yeah, we should probably... Hey, Barrett, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way. You see how much conversation you stimulated? We <laughs> no. just went off and did that. I'm going to send you a .NET Rocks yeah, mug, absolutely. I promise. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or on any of our social media. We post every show to Facebook and Google+. If you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell, and I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. We eat him for breakfast. And now, let me introduce Dan uh, North. He writes software and coaches teams and organizations in agile and lean methods. He believes most software problems come back to communication and feedback, which is why he puts so much emphasis on getting the words right, why he's so interested in systems thinking, communication, and how people learn. He's been working in the IT industry for over 20 years, and he occasionally blogs at dannorth.net. Well, welcome back, Dan. Thank you. Well, thank, thanks for having me back. And I'm always happy to have you on board for these kinds of conversations, things like that. Like, you're one of the good guys, man. I'm oh, so glad yeah. you're here. Well, well likewise. I, I've got to say, because I've, 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 this is now my, I don't know, third, fourth, maybe? Yeah, something like wrong. That. More than um, that. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, mostly, I, I see you guys in the flesh right yeah in the wonderful smiling flesh um once or twice we've done the the over the over the interwebs thing the skypes and the skypes and i it's it's joyful just being in a room with you it really is it makes me happy yeah. yeah we have a lot of time. you are right this is fourth wow yeah and i mean and so we did one remote we've done two at ndc and That's we did right. one on the tour in orlando one in a winnebago yes <laughs> on the tour and that's why you brought us the bottle, because you, this is the virtual Winnebago. The, the walls don't expand, of course. But, <laughs> They're not uh, hydraulic walls. That was a thing of beauty. It was wonderful, wasn't the it? The with the hydraulic walls. Those nice people from, uh, from Fresno, California, yeah, they, they, they just didn't understand what we were going to do to their RV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we we told back. them. We were honest. We paid for everything. but It had a non-zero number of guitars in it, which I quite like. <laughs> well, you know, the RV was fine, but the bottle of bourbon in the freezer uh, took a dive. Yeah. Oh. I, I think it was my most popular tweet of 2012 was, and then the RV smelled like bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get right to it. Business mapping. This yes. is a new term for this? me. Yeah. So business mapping, this is the thing that I'm currently excited about. Um, in fact, it's the thing I spent most of 2015 excited about. So there's a chap called Chris Matz, who is a business analyst come... Uh, Product person, come portfolio coach. Okay. Um, X ThoughtWorks. I've known him since the. Well, he's he's the other half of BDD, so he co-invented right. BDD with me uh, back in two thousand three, two thousand four, and we stayed friends over a long period. 
And we met up um, back end of 2014, so about just over a year ago. And just catching up over a you know, very civilized glass of wine and what have you been doing? And, and he's been at, um, funny enough, a, uh, a well-known uh, internet video conversation firm that was recently acquired by a uh, large software place out of Redmond. <laughs> Weird. Um, yep. And, I really don't know um, what he's talking about. No, obviously, you know, th- there are other video communication uh, products. Are there? I, <laughs> no, we used to call it Skip. Skip, <laughs> that's the one, yes. But it's gotten um, a lot better in the last it's, it's, 10 years or is so. It's a Microsoft Business Communicator talking tool thing or something. Yes, rebranded version out. 5. This week, anyway. 5.7. Five Foundation. <laughs> Foundation 1.0. RC1. <laughs> SP3. Standard. Point one. That. Service pack. So he's there. <laughs> he's there, and he's part of the big, you know, the, 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 the transition into the mothership. And yeah. they've probably got about 1,500 developers. Um, so... Just yeah. I know, so I know, many right? People. So many, each one has their own pixel. That's awesome. Red, blue, blue, go, 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 go. <laughs> and uh, a lot of coordination, a lot of very straightforward, right? but very, very fiddly. They place the bits with the chromium and trusted tweezers, right? <laughs> they hold up colored cards like this really quickly. It, it's, it's wonderful. Smoke and rose. So, um, that's so, the kind of show it's going to be. All right. <laughs> cheers, gentlemen. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Um, for those of you listening at home, uh, whiskey is now being consumed. That's I, right. I, I do apologize okay. for anything that happens in the next 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Anywho, him and uh, another very talented chap, Tony Grout, are essentially figuring out how to scale delivery. Mm. And this is, so there are some problems that are just bigger than a scrum team, yeah. you know, that are more than 10 people wide. So if I'm uh, trying to solve tax, Right, you know, it just takes more people than that. It's just it's just a big problem, and yeah. it's a big problem that naturally breaks into so you know people solving uh, state sales tax versus um, payroll, self assessment tax versus payroll versus whatever. They're all you know. I, if I have enough people, I can tackle those problems simultaneously. Sure. Mm-hmm. If I have enough time, I can just wait for the one scrum team to get around to it eventually. Sure. Right. So some problems are just wide. So the problem You've got they're to trying find to the solve granularity point. There's granularity points, and so what so what they're trying to solve is wide, and so. Um, so he was describing the things he'd been doing there and I've been working at a large American bank um, at a, an order of magnitude less so I've got about four or five hundred people across only kind of, well across tens of teams yeah. he's working across it's, hundreds it's of a teams. much smaller graphic right? I mean it's, it's, it's a third yeah. what, he was talking about 1500 you're talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah, 500 yeah. but it's also the, the order of magnitude around teams so he's got hundreds of teams or I've got tens of teams okay. right and that's really where it gets interesting in terms of just from a management perspective just in terms of management and a program management and a getting those teams pointing in the same direction perspective mm-hmm. And he described what he'd been doing there, and we both got really excited because it was exactly the same thing I'd been doing, mm. like independently. And so we realized we both now had the other data point. So I knew oh. my thing scales up, and he knows his thing scales down. Oh, wow. Interesting. And we sort of looked at each other, you know, that look, yeah. and we said, okay, so this might be significant. So we spent most of last year now giving it a name, framing it, figuring out how to describe it to people. And so that's what business mapping is, is I like two years ago, I think I was probably here, but certainly somewhere similar saying agile doesn't scale, right? Yeah, I mean, scale. that's been an old, that's an old mantra. That's a yeah. mantra of the decade. Yeah. It's agile doesn't scale. And then <clears throat> suddenly all of the original agile, you know, folks are now trumpeting their scaled agile frameworks of various flavors. Hmm. You're less and you're safe and you're and all these things. And you've got to have something new to sell. And, you know, the, 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 those, those poor, you know, rup salespeople on their uppers now, you know, what are we going to do? Oh, well, okay, then uh, uh-huh. here's a new thing to go out and, and, and hawk. Sure. 
Um, and once everybody's a scrum master, yeah, you have that, to sell something else. They now need to be certified. Yeah. Hey, rockheads! As Richard and I travel the world for the Azure World Tour, we're telling people all about our dev-centric friends at Stackify. They've been awarded PC Magazine Editor's Choice for Application Performance Management, stating, and I quote. The depth of application information provided by Stackify totally outshine the other products in this category, end quote. Because Stackify so successfully integrates errors, logs, and metrics into a core APM Plus tool, it's a must-have for .NET developers, which is why PCMag's Paul Farrell calls it one of the best infrastructure management services of 2015. Try Stackify now for free, and they'll ship you their coveted Developers Against Humanity card game. Just activate your account. Use the link bit.ly slash netrocks to build better apps faster and get your free game. I, I, I don't want to just breeze over that statement, Agile doesn't scale, and I know we, you sort of prefaced it by, by setting the stage for that, but can we just expand on that a little bit? Yeah, why yes. do people believe yes. that Agile won't scale? So... What, they've, what, what most people, I'll say in the conversations I've had, is people notice that agile delivery works in a way that the other stuff wasn't working. Right. And that's kind of the problem it was solving, was team scale delivery at all. If I have an 18-month, two-year project plan and money goes in and documents get created and nothing happens and you know, two years later the wrong thing comes out, if anything comes out at all. Yeah, right. So now when you're coming down to you know, weeks or months instead of... Uh, instead of like much longer time frames and I have you know, feedback and incremental iterative delivery and that kind of stuff, right. it works. Yeah. It's still not ideal. It's still not brilliant, but yeah. wow, is it better than the stuff we had before? Right. Sure. I can deliver in months or even sometimes in weeks right, where I couldn't deliver anything. And so people got really excited about that. And then they said, okay, this, surely these principles, all this agile stuff, I can just do that for my 80-person thing as well. Just more, 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 it's more. So, so the way I solve big is I do small, bigger. Right. And so things like Scrum of Scrums. Yeah, um, right. And, and you're sort of like adding layers of management on top of you know, something you. that. Yeah. Well, well, they're, they're trying is to essentially take, agile. Yeah. And, 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 and so what Chris and I realize independently is that delivery at scale is substantively different. Interesting. You can't use the same things, you need different things. Now, you can still use agile methods as a, at an execution level. So when I'm building the software, you know, when I've got uh, Dan and Cull pairing on a thing, right, and Rich and Tibby working on this other thing over here, we're still, you know, writing tests first. We're still continuously integrating. Right. We're still using the kind of languages that are easy to refactor. We're still, those, those choices are still good choices. Is the problem the hierarchy of dependence? Like, you know, th th these components need to be built first for that guy to have his job it's so that he can build something so that something else can be built so that, you know, 10 layers up the onion, uh, we have an app. Partly. Yeah. So, so yes, the, the, the dependency thing, and it's, I wouldn't even say it's hierarchical, I'd say it's exponential. Oh. So what happens is the more pieces you have, the more possible connections you have, yeah, the right. more there's sure, the reason about. And this is where you get into this agile can't scale. It's like at a certain size, the number of possibility ways to go wrong goes up so dramatically. Well, okay. If that's all you have to manage the, the, the system. Right. Okay. And so now there are two ways you can approach managing that system. One is you can manage it through controls. Mm-hmm. And essentially, if you look at uh, Safe and Less and Dad and all these other scaling frameworks, they're essentially about controls. So you have your your release train and your showcases and your yeah. very you know your your, your um, story points and feature backlogs and all this stuff is all about yeah. controls. 
or you can manage it as a theory of constraints problem and you're managing risk. And so, and the way, and I'm going to channel Chris here, um, is so the program management function changes from the traditional program management function is I have effectively a Gantt chart. I have a, yeah. a number of tasks that have dependencies and, I, and, and my job is to sequence the task in the right order and make sure nothing's late. Yeah. In a, a business mapping context, it's the same skill set. I want the same kind of people with the same kind of background. But your job is now managing a portfolio of options. So there's a bunch of things we could do and what we're trying to figure out is what's the least worst of way through, sure. the, through that minefield. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and so, so the, 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 the thinking changes. So, so we, we ended up with a number of activities that all have names, and they're under this umbrella of business mapping. Mm -hmm. So very briefly, we've got, um, as an organization, I have my, my KPIs, my, my top-level dials across the organization. The, the numbers yeah. that the senior executives look at to see how the business is doing. And, and, but all the executives, and they're not right. necessarily financial numbers. These might be, so in the case of our, you know, our video talking people, yeah. it's things like, so I have casual users, registered users, subscribers, premium subscribers. Sure. Mm -hmm. And as they go yeah. along that funnel, they're, they're more valuable. Right. And, and for each know, of those... Facebook talks about you know, monthly active users. Completely well, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's um, an artificial yes. number, but it, it's important to them. Well, uh, uh, so MRR, monthly recurring revenue, yep. is everything. Okay? Mm -hmm. so, and, and, and as you go along that funnel, the monthly recurring revenue goes up. And then each of those numbers has two components. It has new people and churn. Right. So I have new mm. subscribers less the people who left. Right. And in, you want that number to be positive all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in the case of something like Skype or um, Hangouts is, is, is only really a, 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 a consumer product. Right. But something like Skype, you have uh, um, consumer accounts and you have business accounts. Right. So now you've got two dimensions there. You've got uh, and uh, everywhere across the pipeline, and that, that's that's just the business metrics. Sure. The operational metrics are things like uh, cost per user. Yeah. How much does it cost to have these people? Can I drive that down? And so these are your kind of top level big big metrics. Yeah. And, and, now and as an super important to include that thinking. It's like this is what your boss looks at. Well, it's it's more 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 than include that thinking. That's where you start. I love it. Right? Okay. You start there. So as a business, we say over the next couple of quarters, we are going to focus on reducing uh, consumer subscriber churn. So one number in that whole matrix, we think that number's out of whack. We think we're losing too we many could, people. We could do better. Yeah. We think we're losing market share to f uh, FaceTime or to Hangouts or to some other thing, and, right. and we think we can do better. So that's the, that's the corporate direction. That's the, that's the, that's right. the steering bit. And, and it's not development specific at all that could be a marketing well, thing sure exactly and so, 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 so you're a step ahead right oh, so, yeah. so, sorry so which is which is great so so then so the first thing we do then is what's called initiative mapping so initiative mapping is we take those metrics and we say what are, as an organization marketing initiatives engineering initiatives sales initiatives operations initiatives what kinds of things could we do to move that dial right and each of those is a hypothesis, right? We believe by doing this, it will move the dial. Yep. That's a falsifiable statement. Sure, sure. Okay. It needs to be tested. So, so we need to test it. So within each of those initiatives, you're then going to spin up programs of work. And these are, you know, 50 to 100 million type programs of work. So maybe uh, a year or so with uh, a team of 50, 80 people or whatever. That kind of, that, that's sort of like a, a program rather than a project. Yeah, but that's a scope you're thinking at, which I think is exciting. Like you're, and, you're well yeah. above the typical agile, what will you code today? Absolutely, wow. absolutely. Wow. And, and, so, and so then, um, so that piece, the program piece, we're calling delivery mapping. Okay. So delivery mapping is I've chosen to spin up a program of work. I want to succeed with that program of work. Mm. And delivery mapping has two halves. It has a supply side and a demand side. 
So the demand side, demand mapping. Mm -hmm. um, what do we want to deliver in terms of business capability? So there's no technical stuff here. Right. This is what new business features, what new business capability do I want to realize with this spend over this time frame? And how much do I want to spend on it? Right. Okay. And then, and that essentially gives me some sort of roadmap. And then on the other side, what we call skills mapping, which is who have I got? What can they do? And really importantly, what do they want to be able to do? Right. So I wanted to get like an aspirational model in here as well. And Room then for developers to get better, not just being cogs doing the same thing every day. Yeah. And not just developers, your analysts, your, your marketing oh, sure. people, that anyone in the organization. So this kind of transcends the tech. It started in tech, mm. but it, it, it transcends tech. You could, use, you could use business mapping, delivery mapping in your marketing initiatives, in your HR initiatives. And, and, and it's still and not to works. distract, but it's like that's the first conversation I've heard where developers were talking about anything other than just shipping new features. Mm -hmm. mm. You haven't said anything about shipping features nope. here. You said about utilizing them well. And business capability may be no features. It may be that what we need to do is re-platform this thing because yeah. it's going to reduce our Retire operating technical cost. debt. Retire technical debt. And that could be a really good risk play right. in terms of operating risk. Yep. Mm. You know, Make uh, this piece faster. Like yeah. You've yeah. now mapped why I would do a performance training cycle. Yep. It's like we can wow. see that this feature that more people want to use is too slow for what they want to do with it. Should we performance yeah. tune it? Well, and, 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 and in fact, you're, 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 um, the, what the language you're using is perfect because what you're describing is a falsifiable statement. Right. If, mm -hmm. if we do this performance work, it will get faster. Right. So we start doing this work, and you know what? Nothing's happening. Yeah. Right. Well, then we kill the work. Yeah, because it's not right. actually getting it faster. It makes sense. But to, yeah. I would think the step past that, will this move the needle? Yeah. I made it faster. Are people happier? Are more people using? And this is the initiative mapping piece, is okay. I should be able to follow those metrics all the way up. And if at any point that chain breaks, I should just stop doing that thing. So, well, and I can't tell you how many times I've been set on a performance project where nobody's actually figured out whether performance would matter. Yeah. Just if I made slow, this 10 times as fast... Would anybody what, care? Well, w w would it solve the underlying problem? The underlying problem is you have a really, really poor um, yeah. call center. I now have a really fast yeah. delivery of a crappy product. Yes. Awesome. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> listening, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm trying to map, make a mental map of how this applies to the agile stuff I know and love. And, you know, I just I hear just what you do with more resources, right? And because it seems to me what you're, t dis uh, what you're describing is common sense, just at a bigger scale. And so I want, yeah? That's a really lovely description. And that's, that's what, and I, potentially that's why we both came up with the same thing, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, is, it is common sense at that scale, but what tends to I happen? I can't even imagine what I would do with 15,000 developers 15, or whatever. 1,500, yeah. You know what I mean? I, 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 I might want to say, you know, all right, we, we have to achieve this goal. Let's have three or four different proposals and then have break up into teams and each do it like try different ways and then we'll come together and see who wins right well so so that could be and that, that's called um parallel uh, development well, well or, or set based concurrent engineering yeah so this is uh, boeing was doing this with wings you know in the yeah. 70s for safety um that's the thing i could do but if you look at somewhere like skype you know we think oh skype you know, yeah and it's that yep but it's it's actually a very wide and quite deep product portfolio oh sure so by the time you get into you know, the parts of Skype that are about video quality, the parts of Skype that are about codec and you know, coding and decoding um, streams, the parts of Skype that are, are the, the massive business integration piece into Office, for yeah. instance, right? So there's, there's large, there's chunks of work that themselves are significant. It's pretty easy to swallow up 1,500 people sure. and still end up with 
we don't have enough developers. That's our constraint. And you've got to have enough people to make it slow. Because <laughs> that's clearly a feature of Skype. It's very important. No, I'm uh, totally, uh, I'm totally uh, kidding. Um, you know, well, it's well, just and, but, but for instance, you see, so that, that, that's the sort of thing where you say, um, okay, in terms of, in, in terms of uh, churn, yeah. right? Maybe, people, maybe we're losing subscribers because our product is uh, slower than, or, or it, it feels clunkier than spinning up a Hangout. Yeah. 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 Right. And it might not be, but it may be user experience. And so there's yeah, an engineering user piece. Perception, right? Yeah, user perception. So there's an engineering piece that says, make it slicker. Yep. You know, and make it so, shinier. Blink the right way. Yeah, make it blink the right way. And so now th there isn't a feature list there. Mm. The features, exactly what you just said, Rich, is, is make it feel faster, yeah. right? Yeah. The experience. How many needs times to be have we not improved performance but made people feel better about the experience? Well, it's, it's the mirrors and the elevators there. 100%. <laughs> you know, yeah, so it makes I don't, the I don't, space I, larger. I yeah, I don't, I don't want a. Well, it's, it's the. So, so the. the uh, mirrors and elevators was people said like, I, I love this automated moving up and down buildings thing but it takes <laughs> such a long time it's really <laughs> slow because <laughs> <Right. laughs> what they're thinking is is how long it takes this room to move up and down rather right. than how slow it would be walking up the stairs right and so what they did, rather than some genius came up with the idea of rather than making the elevator faster, they put a mirror in it. Give something people things to something do. To do. Right. So now I get in the elevator, and I'm adjusting my tie, and I'm doing my thing, and bing! Oh, oh we wow, never went so fast. I wasn't ready. I'm that, you know, know the, another um, another yeah. story about that, and then uh, then we got some business to do. Another story about that was high speed trains. Rather than spending bazillions of dollars to make the railroad go faster, let's give everybody free Wi-Fi and a bottle of Dom Perignon. So they don't care how long it takes. Genius. My, my favorite version of Genius. this was an airport where everyone was complaining the baggage came out too slowly. Yeah, so they moved the... the they, what they did was made the baggage further away from the airplane. So, so as long as walk. you were walking, you didn't care how long it took. When you stood there, it was a problem. Right. By making you walk farther, baggage actually came out faster. Yeah, that's a Freakonomics story, I, I think, I love that. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is uh, now. It must be that happy time it's again. It's a very happy time, actually. Uh, yeah, we're happy. We finished it's, a bottle of scotch. It's a happy time. <laughs> it's time to introduce a new concept, monkey business mapping, which addresses the problem of scale when an infinite number of monkeys try to ship software by hitting <laughs> random keys. Love it. Love it. I think we should use that. Um, <laughs> That's a big pile of awesome right uh, there. Wait, does funny that, business does mapping, which should be... <laughs> funny business. Should be, but it's not my clowns. It's not my circus. Ris <laughs> risky business mapping. <laughs> dirty business mapping. Uh, we could go on and on. It's actually time to give away a Music to Code by audio collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Music to Code by is a set of 25-minute Pomodoro-sized, quiet and groovy instrumentals scientifically designed to promote focus. No matter if you're developing, doing homework, or taxes, wow. it'll get you into a state of flow and keep you there. Check out how .NET Rocks fans and their kids doing homework are yeah. being more productive with Music to Code by. See what all the fuss is about. Go to musictocodeby.net. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Jason Smith. Congratulations, Jason. Golf clap for you, sir. Golf clap for you, sir. Jason just won all currently 11 tracks of Music to Code 11. by. 11? Yeah. I remember when it was six. Yeah, I remember when it was oh, three. those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on any of them, Cal? I remember before it was zero, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all me. Wonderful. So, yeah, so check it out. Uh, if you don't know what we're doing, go to .netrocks.com. 
So click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you've got to sign up to win. And uh, that brings the question around to you, Dan. If you had $5,000 U.S. to spend on uh, technology today, what would you buy? If I had $5,000... Well, so since this is .NET Rocks, I have to say I am blown away by the Surface 4. The Surface, the Surface Pro 4. 4. Yeah, Pro 4. I think it is an utterly brilliant bit of technology. I think okay. they've done a really good job with that. Uh, do you have one? Uh, no, I've just been playing with them. I've been yeah. playing with them. I'm, I'm, I'm a Mac. I'm not a PC. Okay. But... Um, if I were a PC, if I were a Windows guy, I would absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. If I were a PC. If I were a Not the Surface Book as is displayed before you here. That just looks like an ugly, blocky laptop. Actually, it is a laptop. Take off the screen and Until you do this, I push this button, the green light turns on, and. Ta da! It's disturbingly light. Oh, that is surprisingly light. Yeah, it's amazing. disturbingly light. That is light. surprisingly light. Well, compared to, yes. And amazing, and like graphically. It comes with a magnetic pen that snaps on the side of it, so you can lose it every time you stick it in your bag. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what you want. Right. And it's light <laughs> enough that I worry about it, right? It's like, this is a little too easy to draw. Mm-hmm. It's easy like, to get water spilled That's a similar it. weight to my entire MacBook Air, though, to nice. be fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, this is, and so this is about three hours of battery life. When snapped to the keyboard, it's over 10. I have watched videos on this doing, like, London to Vancouver and had 30% battery left when I got off the other That's side. That's pretty awesome. So That's pretty good. It's the best battery life of any laptop I've ever owned as a guy who doesn't typically optimize for battery life. Mm. Yep. And wow. it has a re- the other th- most clever thing about this machine, actually, in terms of thinking about the impact it has on computing long term, is the dual video card thing. So there's an Intel video chipset built into the screen. But when you snap it into the base, there's an NVIDIA chipset down here in the base, along with a whole lot of battery in the keyboard and USB ports. Da, 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 da. So when you click this thing in here, it actually increases its GPU capability by having that clicked in. And then I can plug into an external monitor or something. Well, certainly you can always plug into an external monitor, but you, now you have a real GPU for running much more advanced stuff. And, cool. okay. and so one of the reasons there's a button for removing this screen is that there's a piece of software that runs to make sure that that GPU is not currently in use. The, the right GPU is right. in the screen. So it'll actually pop up a dialog that says you can't remove the screen because this app is relying on the GPU that's in the base. Mm. Nice. And that to me is the more important concept because I think when we think about long term about computing, it's going to be able to granularly add capability on demand. And so thinking about how software will assess what, what features are being used and be able to harness additional features on demand, you know, plug and play like that. That's what this machine is actually doing. So, like, I feel like I'm serving humanity's greater good by owning this machine and encouraging this behavior. I, I, I feel I feel that's a wonderful sacrifice for you to make. It's almost as almost as cool as Zubeo. Not yeah, not as cool as Zubeo. Nothing could be as cool as that. And let's be very clear: the only reason I care about that lower GPU is Kerbal Space Program. But if I'm running Kerbal Space Program, I cannot go to slate mode because it's the Depending on the lower GPU. And that is the ninth time our listeners have heard that story. (laughs) But only (laughs) the first time Dan has heard it. Only the first time Dan has. And so there are at least another 18 (laughs) times to go. Um, So so what I am going to hold my my bucks back for, though, is whatever the refresh of a MacBook Air is. Because I I spoke to you guys 
probably 18 months ago now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, and yeah. I had my MacBook Air, and I said, I said, I've I've been the happiest tech place I've been in. I had my QC20 Bose in-ear noise cancelling headphones. Yeah, which yeah. I finally bought my my Santa brought me my own pair. You were right, sir. That's How the best thing I've ever owned. Life changing on a flight. It's just yeah. turn Be- it on. It goes. Yeah, it's immediately silent, which is the same as the regular bows like Carl's wearing right now, except that because they're completely in-ear, you can lay down on a pillow yeah. and you don't even feel them. And the yeah. sound quality it's for stunning. an in-ear thing is shocking. It's I mean, it's nice. not, it's not that, good. but it's... Let's that c- uh, include a link to those. The QC20s? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to get a copy. They're, they're 300-something dollars. They're not yeah, 300 three. Bucks. 300 right? bucks. And the power pack, I don't know if this is true for your model, I think I got a later model, is charged by USB. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's completely USB charged and it's just little green lights on it and they flash when they're getting low. When they're yeah. getting low. Yeah. So you can just plug it into your laptop when you're using your laptop and it'll keep it charged. I've actually carried a spare little battery pack and plugged it in because they only last a couple hours. Hmm. Oh, the, the, the little pack. Eight, ten. I have not easily. had that last that long. Maybe I don't have as good a one as you have. Ah, wow. Yes, so I, but I started making sure I had the battery pack yeah. plugged into that thing. On yeah. Amazon, these headphones have 2,000 customer reviews and an average of uh, 4.5. That's pretty and, good. Yeah. I mean, gener- Bose products in general, expensive, worth it. Totally. Like, that has been yeah. my experience. They're not cheap products. They're expensive. I have the old uh, QC2s, the original yeah. over-the-ear version. I used them enough that I actually bought the ear pad kit and refitted them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is only like, like 20 bucks or something, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's $35 for yeah, yeah, the refit yeah. kit. The best endorsement you possibly have a product is, I wore it out. Yes. That yes. I had to re- it's a and, headphone, and I wore it out. And, my, yeah. and the company knew that I would and had a kit to fix it. <laughs> 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 but now that I've switched to the QC20s, to so the in-ear jobs... Dude, Joy. it takes up no room in my bag. Night. When I put them in, I'm instantly happy. You know, it is just so hard to touch that little pouch. <laughs> it's a stunningly the, the biggest yeah. thing is now you'll sleep with them in. So yep. my my band uses in ear monitors. Yep, and they're really, really really nice, and they all come in a package like little that. Pouch. And we clean yep. them That's after fantastic. every gig, and it's yep. yeah, really no, gorgeous. Fun. So so that and then the MacBook Air, the 11 inch. Yep. Now. Um, if I if I could just take over Apple's design and make them do a thing, yeah. I would make them give me um, an 11 inch MacBook Air uh, with 16 gigs of memory. Yep. Um, and Retina, hmm. and it would be the perfect laptop. Nice. Because uh, I get nine hours. You know, it's it's a it's a fantastic piece of kit, and that was the original reason I bought it. I wasn't a Mac. You know, I was very much a I was actually a Linux, mm-hmm. um, and just trying to find a laptop with an all-day battery because I do a lot of traveling and I'm with clients and that yeah. kind of thing. And but it's just still, really embarrassing when, to hawk out the... Yeah. But once you've had the Ultrabook experience, you are ruined. Yeah. They are so... You know, the MacBook Air is the original Ultrabook. And right. in, Intel funded, they spent millions of dollars to get the PC laptop manufacturers to make Ultrabooks. Asus yep. and, all, and, and Lenovo and all those guys. And the world's a better place because of Oh, yeah. You know, oh, very much so. Yeah. I, I've owned several of those Asus Ultrabooks because yep. they are... A machine so thin, I've cut boxes open. I was with. there. <laughs> yeah. I was there. It did work. And the and the and the Surface Book is a bit bulkier than that, mm-hmm. but I get the horsepower in exchange. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and the Surface the Surface Pro Four itself as well is they're just such lovely machines. Oh, I said yeah. the, the most important part about the Surface Book Four is the keyboard. The the, the clunk on keyboard yes. where it actually feels like a keyboard. Yeah, and it, well, what they're also saying is like if you have a three, don't replace the four. Just get the four keyboard, and you're and you're close enough. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, and it, which is, you could do in stages. If you own a three, buy a four keyboard, 
If you're not happy, the three, and, that. and then get the four. Yeah. That yeah. is why Microsoft doesn't sponsor That's this it, show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we but don't want you, them to. And if yeah. you're not happy enough, then go buy the four without a keyboard. Yeah, there you're there, and and, and you're away. Then you're all you got all the things. All right, so okay. it, it's been about eight or nine minutes since that I is the derailed. longest toy face stretch we've ever done in this wow. show. Derailed this <laughs> conversation. This is what happens when I'm with friends talking and about scotches toys. involved. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. We we are not apologizing. But no, so, so, so just just to, just to wrap that up, I was saying I was saying the pretty much for several years leading up to that conversation, I was on basically a laptop a year, and I'm you know. I'm an independent. It's it's important to me to have like the right tool to do sure, the thing, sure. and also I quite like toys. Yeah, I have been beyond happy with a MacBook Air, and um, I'm I'm into year three with it now, and I will happily have it for another year. If if they don't come out with some with a refresh in June, that I go, that's my next laptop. I'll, I'll have had it for three years, and that's that's an endorsement right there. I mean, yep. I'm a geek. I like it. There you go. So where were we in this discussion of uh, business mapping? We got into the demand mapping phase. I mean, I think this is, I really appreciate that you've started with the sort of corporate metrics. Yeah. And now you started breaking it down into supply and demand based on what resources you have and what they can do and what are the initiatives we want to engage in. Yes. So let's go from there. And so from there, the probably the biggest departure from, you know, kind of, the current crop of scaling models is I don't necessarily think that cross-functional feature teams um, are a thing. Cross-functional feature so, teams. So, so, you, so you get this whole thing about scrum teams. You have your seven plus or minus two people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how work works. And you feed you know, a backlog into them. And, and we call and that grouping a feature team. That's a feature team or a scrum team right, or a, right. you know, whatever. They're all working that, on that, the that, same that little thing. And... And so there's, we've got this received wisdom that that's, that's, the, that's the optimal way to arrange people now is cross-functionally rather than in silos. You, know, you don't have testers here and developers here and analysts here. Right. Yeah, okay. You have a team made up of all the people you need. Yeah, I have a UX person. I have a couple of testers. I've got a couple of devs. You know. yeah. Yeah. And it's all going to be roses. Yeah, it's sort of a standalone grouping that can build a feature grouping. top to bottom. And, and if your work pipe is that wide... Go nuts, right? Yeah, yeah. Them. We're back to that. Yeah. This is the granularity, sub-10 yeah. people units. Right. Yeah. Now, if the work pipe is several teams wide, what you then have is you've created the problem where I need to now scatter the work out to those teams. Sure. Right. And then gather it the other side. You have a MapReduce problem. I've got a MapReduce problem. <laughs> That's so true. However, it's not a MapReduce problem because the, the so it's a map assumes that I'm going to apply the same function across a number of pieces. Right, with differences. These are different functions, right? Yeah. I've got a backlog of every single feature is different from the other features. Yep. Yep. Right? And so really what I have is a distributed computing problem. Right. Yeah. With varying dependencies. With varying dependencies and varying levels of granularity. This, This feature, this piece might be, you know, 10 people for a month. This other piece might be two people for an afternoon. Right. And Mm. they're all necessary and there may be dependencies. And there may be dependencies across them. So exponentially complex. Exponentially complex. Yeah. So, so the delivery mapping piece is we take all the people and put them in a bag with all the work and we shake it up. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing Django. No, We're donuts playing Django. come out. And donuts come out. No. Uh, yes. And, and donuts come out. No, so so, so, so it, it's, an, it's, a, it's an entirely pool-based system. So uh, I start with the demand mapping and I say, what are the business capabilities I want to deliver? Uh, what are the outcomes I want and how much do I want to invest in each of those 
And which are the, the systems, the applications, which parts of my estate are going to be touched by doing that work? Yeah. And therefore, what kind of skills and capabilities am I going to need the team to have that does that work? And that's a group of people. That's not necessarily a long-lived team. That's just some of the people in my world. Yeah. And those might be technical skills. They might be uh, domain skills. Yep. They might be uh, relationships. They might be, you know, this system touches these parts of the organization. So if we know someone who's, if we have someone on the team who has a strong relationship with the finance guys, that's going to really help. Yeah. Or with this third-party vendor who's supplying part of this thing. And I sure. love everything about the fact that we're looking at individuals with their individual talents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not Everyone's, cogs in the machine. They're not cogs in the machine. They're not fungible. Yeah. And so what I end up with is it's, it's almost a linear programming problem. I've got a number of people with skills and capabilities at different levels. Mm-hmm. And this is completely self-assessed. We ask people to rate themselves. Yep. Um, and we have a number of pieces of work and different combinations, different arrangements of those people around that work are going to have different characteristics, right? This thing is a sh- dead cert because we've got exactly the right people. However, that leaves this, people, this piece of work with these people on it, which is now massively exposed because no one in that team has this core skill. Right. And so we can start reasoning about which people, which groupings of people around which, which work items are likely to succeed. And for how long? What's interesting is suddenly yeah. your size is an asset. Yeah. Because yeah. you are more likely to find the skills you need in a well, larger size pool of people. Exactly. And so Chris Matz has this lovely phrase, which is skills liquidity. Yeah. Right. So, which is an availability of a skill. So what I might discover is I have a particular piece of work and I'm, I'm light on a skill. And maybe that skill is uh, ASP. Yeah. Right, or Python programming. Right, but maybe your right. guy's going to, or your girl's going to well, come available in a week or so. Well, but it's not even that. It's that, like, ASP.NET, uh, Python, I can teach people that in a week. Yep. Right? They are very liquid skills. They're easy oh, skills to acquire. Sure, especially when you've got a guy with already a set of web skills. I've got someone with web skills. I can drop them in a team with Tibby, and they'll be up and running in no time. Yeah. Right? And we're, we're, all, we're, all, we're all good to go. Um, say the skill that I'm light on is pricing complex derivatives. Right? See you in 18 months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? well, more relevantly, yeah. there's something worth hiring for. Well, and this is it. And so, so what, what business mapping does is it doesn't solve the problems. It turns the lights on so you can see the problems. Oh, right. Oh, wow. This is the Kanban board for the business issues. This is the Kanban board for the business. So this is the... Um, so I describe this as visualize. So you've got uh, this sort of three stages of change. You've got visualize, stabilize, optimize. Right. So visualize is turn the lights on. You're in a room full of tigers... I'm going to turn the lights on. Yeah, good so idea. You were already in a room full of tigers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because the lights yeah. were off doesn't don't mean the tigers me. weren't there. Don't blame me for the tigers. Boy, Dan, right? C- CTOs must love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're in a room full of tigers. Yeah, you're right? in a room full of tigers, you're, right? you're, you're exposing uh, although the Although it's not a great metaphor because as someone pointed out, now the tigers can see you as well. That's yeah. right. They can. <laughs> so it's more like you're in a room full of bear traps, yeah. okay? And you already were in a room full no, of bear traps. No, the tigers could see you anyway. They didn't the realize Yeah, the tigers are fine. Yeah, cats, they were always right? able to see you. Now they're like, darn, now he can see me. Now he can see us and run. Um, so that, that's visualize, is turn the lights on. Stabilize is it doesn't matter if you're eye-wateringly bad at something as long as you're consistently eye-wateringly bad. Mm, yeah. Right? If it takes you, if we measure that our lead time for a feature is, you know, six months, as long as it's always six months, when we start to turn the dials, we can see whether we're making an impact. Right. And we know when right. we could deliver. Yeah. It's wow. longer than we wanted, but we know. Yeah. If it's six months plus or minus six months, right. Right. then you we don't know. You only want to change one variable yeah. at a well, time. Anything I change, it's, I've got a completely, effectively a random distribution. I don't know whether I'm making improvements right. at all. Yeah, yeah. And then, so then the third stage is optimize, where you start to fiddle with the dials. Now, we're all technologists. We love optimize. Of course, we jump sure. on that one. 
And so what we don't do is pause and turn the lights on in the first place. Right. So the We're whole too- of business mapping, so uh, delivery mapping, demand mapping, skills mapping, the whole piece, initiative mapping, is all turning the lights on. It doesn't tell you what to do. It says, this is where you need to have an opinion. Right? This is, this is something you need to think about. That's great. What, what excites me about this whole conversation is I think we have room for aspirational skills too. Right? I mean, the, the thing I hear over and over again, and we get this in email, we get this in the comments and so forth, it's like, I am tired of doing the same yep. thing I never every get to. day. I never get to grow as a developer. Right. They've decided that I'm a web front end guy, and that's all I ever And get. that's me. And admittedly, I'm good at it, yeah. but it's not what I want to do. I want to, be, I want to be a lumberjack. <laughs> I want to be a lion <laughs> I want to run through the trees. Sluicing down the fields of British Columbia. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And, and I sing. Oh, I'm sorry, you're an accountant, and you're going to stay an accountant. So, um, and this, was, this to me was fundamental. I needed to have an aspirational element to this. Mm-hmm. And so this is all part of the liquidity piece is the skills map tells me what, where people are. And uh, so we have, a f- we have four levels. I, I used to use the Dreyfus model for, for kind of modeling where you are on skills. It turns out it's quite complex. It's really hard to get into people's heads. Much simpler four-level model. Zero, one, two, three is none, read, write, teach. Okay. Okay, that's it. I don't know it. I've yeah. No, yeah, so C-sharp. Right. I can't even spell it. Right. Right. Uh, I could read someone else's C-sharp. Maybe right. I'm a tester and I can look at someone else's code and I can sort of figure out... You what know what they're probably doing. I know what they're probably doing. But from a blank screen, I can't actually make yeah. it happen. Right is I can code C-sharp. Right. And teach is I can teach you to be a C-sharp programmer. Nice. So I can teach you, you know, the APIs and the libraries. Right. Uh, but then something much woolier, influencing skills. Right. Wouldn't know it if I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I can see when someone is influencing, you know, outside of their pay grade, across the organization. I can I've see when it's I've had that experience where I've done the influencing and one guy's walked up to me and says, I saw what you did there. I saw what you did there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was kind of magical for me. That I don't know like, how you did it, yeah. but yeah. I saw it. That was... You, you, you made them think they weren't the droids they were looking for. What, did, <laughs> right. what was that about? <laughs> you did that Jedi mind trick, didn't you? <laughs> uh, 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 um, and then, you know... The, r- I, the I, right. I, 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 can, I can influence. I can influence. Outside of my sphere. I can teach you influencing skills. Which is mm. a very different skill again. A very different skill yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And, and someone pointed out, you know, but, oh, but hang on, surely teaching is its own skill. Yes, it is. Um, you know, teaching, I can't teach, I can teach, I can teach to teach. But teaching influencing skills is about having a deeper understanding of how influencing works right. than it takes to influence. Yes. Mm. Likewise, teaching have... C-sharp, you need to really understand what it means to code sure. C-sharp. Yeah, you've exercised your skills in a variety of different ways. You've been wrong a number of times. Like You have a sense of dimensionality around how those things Absolutely. work. And so now this, this skills map is essentially a dating forum. Right. right. So I can match up you the match skills up. I want to learn. And what you've done, so typically mentoring, teaching, that, that, that kind of thing is intrinsically hierarchical. Sure. Senior people teach junior people. Yep. Here you have hmm. a complete cross selection. It may be that Rich is teaching me architecture skills at the same time I'm teaching Rich influencing skills Love on it. the same project because both of those things are necessary. Yes. Right? Brilliant. And so that we're growing people, and, and the desire to grow people is a first-class input right. into that bag so of people. So the person is not hierarchical. The skill is hierarchical. Now, here's skills the, are hierarchical, here's the, and, and the person is then this multidimensional, yeah, the interesting not one character. thing. Absolutely. 
Now, here's the thing. Can you automate this at so, all? Can you versus should you? Well, that's a so, good question. So, um, but I, I mean, I also like this idea of when you have an intersection of the business need to a get existing skill. When someone's a two, like they have the skill, but they're not yeah. at the point of teaching it, they're perfectly happy to exercise that skill. Yeah. But they're going to get to, you know, this is the frustration point that I talk to managers about. It's like, that guy's been doing this stuff for me for the past three years. Why is he so pissy about it now? Yeah. Because yeah. he keeps doing it. He's, he's a three now. Yeah. The right. only way he's going to be happy doing that again is, is if he's teaching somebody else while he does it. Is if you give him someone who wants to learn that thing. Yes. Well, but also what you get with this skills matrix is a skills mapping is, um, is I, I'm a two, you know, my peers would say I'm a two mm -hmm. and you know what? I have no interest growing that skill. Yeah. That's right. not where I am. I'm ready anymore. to move on. Uh, or maybe I'm ready to move in a different dimension. Yeah. So, so I'm much more, you know, yes, my, so my technical skills are fine. Where I want to go is influencing. Where I want to go yeah. is, is, is navigating the organization. That's what I, that's what I'm getting excited and, about. And again, these skills aren't hierarchical either. I have met very talented influencers who want to go back and do some work. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I can persuade anybody you want. So I, I had a director of development who um, effectively uh, abdicated. He said, no, I'm done with this. And, yeah. and he'd done a great job. Yeah, it was yeah, good. There was no, yeah. And he said, I'm going to go cut code. Yeah. And, you know, and the organization, they didn't say, oh, well, we're going to pay you less. They said, we're going to pay you more. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Because it turns out his value to them as a programmer is higher than his value to them as a director. Right. So there's no, you know, the, the further you are up in the organization, there's no downside to the organization. If no. you, if, and unless you're foolish enough to make this unnecessarily hierarchical. Yeah. That, oh, no, no, we, own, we always pay managers more than engineers. Yeah. Which is just dumb. Which is crazy talk. Yeah. So I was working at a trading firm a few years ago, and it was completely, not just normal, but expected that the guys writing some of the you know, core algorithmic trading right. systems or some of the, the models that ran the, the secret, secret sauce, source, right? Yeah. That yeah. ran the organization, yeah. you would expect them to be on two, three times you know, what the silly old CTO's earning. Sure. Right? Because all he's doing is setting strategic direction. Yeah. Right? Which we <laughs> can get everyone, to do that. And it turns out everyone was okay with that. No, no. That was it's, culturally it's the norm. Yeah. It's, one so of the things we, I've coached people a number of times on is like, your very best sales guy, if he's genuinely a talented sales guy, he's the highest paid guy in the company. Because well, salespeople, really great salespeople, are paid on commission. Right? They are paid for the work that they bring in. And if they're awesome at it, they'll bring in more work and make the company more money than anybody else, and they should be compensated accordingly. Well, and, and, and the way you reward them isn't to promote them to sales manager because no. they'll be a dreadful sales manager. It's a different manager. job. It's to pay them a, uh, an eye-watering amount of money and get them a really good boss. Yeah. Right. A guy who actually does. Because if Someone, that guy, guy goes off the rails. He'll help them and get out of their way. If you allow yeah. him to sell something that costs you net money, he will kill your company. Yeah. Because he's magically good at it. Yeah. So if you let him sell something that costs you money, he will kill you. So yeah. we get the dynamic nature of this. And, and this is why I asked you that question before. And perhaps it was the wrong question about automating the process. Obviously, that's a bad oh, idea. Yes, no, no, let's circle but, back but, but, but what I'm getting at is, are there tools that you can use to help you with visualize all of this data? I mean, you're talking about a mountain of, of data in finding fits and in, in ways that people can match up for, to resources and in uh, goals. How do you do that without you know, a really complicated tool? So how do you do that without tooling? So um, at Skype, um, they, and this was quite a long way into it by this point, they started building tools to help them. So hmm. they did start to automate some of this. Hmm. Um, and 
uh, in particular, this was the, you know, the putting in the bag and shaking up piece. Yeah. So this was the, uh, if I put these people because of these skills against this piece of work, mm -hmm. what does the matrix look like? Where are my lights? You know, mm -hmm. which skills do I have covered? Which skills do I not have covered? And so on. Um, the practical on the ground experience is that normally if you've got a program leadership team, it's about three or four people across, you know, your 60 people program. And these guys are responsible for delivering this thing. They know the people. They know the people on the ground. The, the skills matrix uh, gives them hard data. So they can say, well, if I put, you know, uh, Rich and Tibby and uh, Katie and whatever on this team, uh, I, I know that they work well together anyway. So there's a human dynamic to this as well. So as I'm assembling teams, I'm going to put people, to, people together who enjoy working together. Mm. I'm going to try and avoid putting people together who don't, who clash. Um, as this matures, as the organization starts to get the hang of this, the team starts self-selecting. There's like, and this is the wonderful aspirational bit is, you know, I can look at my skills where I want to grow and I look at my skills matrix and I can see that uh, Carl uh, is a, you know, level three is a teacher of a thing I want to learn. And I go and tap him up and I say, hey, Carl, there's this thing coming in you know, a couple of quarters time. Uh, where they're going to need that skill, I expect you're going to be on it. I'd love to come and learn this thing from you. And your key and so people, people start self-selecting and self-organizing around the world. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, but you know, when key people leave with that kind of knowledge, it can be a problem. I'm thinking that this might be a statistics issue, a problem, or a, or a machine learning problem that could help you if you attach, you know, the attributes to these to the people and their their skills and their outcomes and the things that their their states, their level zero, one through four. Uh, and and then put them together and see what see what see, see what happens uh, in something like that. I wouldn't even know where to begin personally, but it it kind of sounds like you're describing a matrix that could be uh, helpful with a machine learning algorithm. So I think it, it would be it would be fun to do some machine learning on it. I think the the missing ingredient the, the thing you'd want to correlate against would be project success yeah exactly or delivery success right so Program you would success. want some well, well but also for the work items themselves so yeah. this work item these people with these skills did they or didn't they succeed against what we thought we needed yeah yeah um, that but I suspect that would take a a relatively long time to build up that body of yeah, data or a very would. wide organization so like yeah. the you know the, the the thousands of people scale rather than hundreds of people scale. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like practically applying this, um, initially having program leadership who really know the people they've got, yeah, yeah. and that and there's no substitute for giving a crap. You're right. for, the biggest thing of all, right? right. Empathy. Do so, you so know I, your I people. Go, you, you know your people, and the way you know your people is you bother. Yeah, right? you bother. You you've you, had you lunch actually, with them. You've yeah, met their family. You spent time, right? And, yeah. and 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 you've 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 done that. And then once you, if you have that, a you have people who feel you've got their back yeah you're bothered you know value. getting to know them they value yeah. you yeah as, as as an individual as a contributor mm -hmm. um and so then when they start pulling out you know combinations of teams and saying we think the, we think you guys would work well together because you know these are the skills that we think this work needs uh between you we think you've got that covered and we've also hopefully we've created a dynamic where people are going to learn things they're going to find yeah. useful this this guy's solid at this and would love to thing. teach it, yeah. and I know you want to know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you end up with this, um, and there's, I've got a couple of versions of the business mapping talk online now, and there's this lovely Venn diagram in there where you look at um, these sort I of think, three circles. I think I found it online. Yeah. Oh, so there we go. So you've got, I'll you've include got, it in the slide deck. So this is the delivery mapping Venn. 
So there's yeah, the uh, delivery mapping event, and so there's a. Um, in fact, if if you're gonna if you're gonna link to things, there's a um, a deck on speaker deck. Yep. Um, That's when I found it. Wonderful. So, so business needs on one side. That's one of the circles. Current skills is another circle. Aspirational skills is another circle. Dan, so it's a first class ingredient. I feel like we could go on for another hour, but I, like I, hour I love talking about it. I just love when, when you get all three together, when it's a business need with your current skill and something you want to be better at, that is gold. That, that is, is solid gold. Magical. Yeah. That is like go nuts, right? Yeah. Because you're going to be delivering good stuff whilst using a thing you're good at. Which is a thing you want to practice. You want to get better at, right? Yeah. But when you get to that point where you're not as excited to practice it anymore, now it's a teachable skill. You've made, you've made three, right? So it's a business need with your skill set. Now I added someone who wants to learn it that has a business need, but want, it has an aspirational skill set. Mm-hmm. Those two together will both be happy. Well, and, and, and again, it's, 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 it's a win-win. So I'm winning because I'm creating that... I'm increasing that capability in the organization. Yes. I'm teaching Carl this thing. You're delivering the thing that right. was needed by the business. Yeah. You're keeping the person who's over, technically overskilled, like he's done it long yeah. enough that, it, that it's not exciting to them anymore, to teach it to someone who wants to have it, which means the business benefits because more people have that skill. Well, and the person is incentivized to teach that because now that means that they don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. If you get this right, right. this person will this take that over. Carl is excited about doing this thing. Brilliant. Yeah, I can hand it off to him and we all win. I love it. And, if, and then I highly recommend looking at slide that because you can immediately see the next tiers past that of you know where you find opportunities where you find elective learning like there's more to this Venn yes. diagram yeah. that we can go today in two words bloody brilliant <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much ah Dan so much fun yeah so much fun pleasure Thanks. spending time with you guys and like I said and we could go another hour easy but we ran out of scotch so yeah we got to stop because the scotch out. bottle is empty <laughs> that is unacceptable <laughs> thanks again Dan thank you and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a